morning and happy Valentine's Day. Let's try it one more time. Good morning. Happy Valentine's Day, a day of love. It's good to have love of our husband, our spouse, our friends. Come on, Sandy. And our, um, but it's more important to have the love of the Savior. Amen. That's what I was thinking about this morning on the way over this morning. Amen. God's love is better. That's right. So I was thinking about that uh, on the way over this morning. Let's stand. Uh, let's enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. That word enter is something we have to do. Amen. Sandy, I'm going to let you stand in the middle, and we're going to keep your list kind of sort of similar to what we y'all did Wednesday night. And I'm going to just sing. And, and uh, we're going to do some old ones today and some hand-clapping ones, and it'll just yeah. be a wonderful time uh, this morning. Let's sing when we all get to heaven this morning. Amen. There comes a good-looking little crowd there. Amen. Uh, I mean, he's glad to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace. second coming uh, last week. Amen. So I'm glad. That's our welcome hymn. So y'all welcome Amen. one another. Just wave, wave, wave. We're going to sing He Set Me Free. I'm sorry. I'm a little discombobulated this morning. I I, I was going to lead if Mary wasn't here, but I knew that Mary was going to be here. So I let my guard up. I thought, well, I got to lead this morning. I just sing and pray. So I have to kind of prepare Amen. myself. I, I take leading music very, very seriously. I never, ever want it to be about anything but praise and worship and just total commitment to him. It's not about the leader, but so I come in and she and I'm up here and I wasn't prepared for that. I'm sorry, but that's all right. We're just going to put that aside us and we're going to worship him and I, we're going to do a little Pentecostal music this morning because y'all know I love me some Pentecostal, but everybody in the South knows he set me free. So you know what? And, and whom the sun 
mindset's free. It's free indeed. And let's just open up right now. Everybody put aside everything in your head and just think about he set you free. And we are free for his service. That's the main thing, free to worship him and free to serve him. All right, let's go ahead. Once like a bird in prison, I dwelt. No freedom from my sorrow I felt. But Jesus came and listened to me. Glory to God, He set me free. He set me free, yes, He set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. I'm glory decided to follow Jesus because I don't think there's a soul in here that hadn't already made that commitment but you know what we can recommit I have to recommit every day I don't know about y'all but I have to just recommit over something if it ain't nothing but that little gray-haired fella right there makes me mad or irritates me you know that's Valentine's and I know y'all I know y'all cannot conceive of that but he's got it in him yeah and, and every now and then I have to just reach his enemy's camp and take back what he tried to take from me but anyway Happy Valentine's Day, baby. I love you. I love you. Hey, Patrick, it. please do not put oh, this on yeah. Facebook today. <laughs> 
<laughs> Y'all, if, if, if I don't make it till in the morning, somebody suspect foul play. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, just a little humor there. You know what I heard a preacher say one time? That if God's people can't laugh and That's enjoy right. being a Christian, you ought to go back to sinning. That's right. So, you know, I, I don't know that I agree with that, but we need to be happy because right. we can catch a whole lot more flies with honey and sweetness, That's can't right. we? than we can be an old, right. sour, condemning Christian. And I ain't going to preach a sermon for you this morning, DJ. But we need to let the joy of the Lord be our strength. The joy of the Lord is that we follow Him. He is our leader. Let's sing, I have decided to follow Jesus. Do we need to give him the words or you got the words? Let's see. I didn't take up. Yeah, he's got oh, the words okay. up. Oh, I would ask. Uh, yeah, we had to take up our oh, offering today. David, would you and Brother uh, Terry come and receive our morning tithes and offering? I hadn't even thought about that. Let's get that. David, you and Terry just come on. And we just ask the Lord to bless our offering today. Thank you, Lord, that we can give cheerfully and joyfully before you today. Thank you that we can return that part that belongs to you. And, God, we just ask you to multiply it, use it for your kingdom's work. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And we're going to sing I Have Decided as they take up. No turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. Till I see Jesus. Well, sing it, we got sister. different words in, the, in my head than this. Sing it. My cross I'll carry till I see Jesus. My cross I'll carry till I see Jesus. My cross I'll carry till I see Jesus. No turning back. No turning. Surrender all to Him, I free. 
open up this service to you right now, Thank Holy you, Spirit. Jesus. Lord, we hope that the Thank praise you, and worship Jesus. has been a sweet incense to your nose and a sweet sound Jesus. to your ears, Thank Lord. And we just open up our hearts to receive your word, Lord. Open our ears to listen, our hearts to hear, and our eyes to see what you had to show us this morning through the word. We consecrate it to you right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. That's such a huge, huge word to me, and I tell this to the youth all the time. We talk about commitment and surrender. When you commit something, that's an act of your will. That is something that you're, you think you can accomplish, that you're going to you know, make a promise to do. But when you surrender, you realize there's nothing in you that, that you can do to accomplish anything. That that's not in you, it's not of your will, it's not of your way. There's nothing that you can do, so you just give over your will and your way. And that's what I want to do in this year, in this, uh, in this season, is not to commit my life to Christ, not to commit my way to this. It is to surrender, to throw that white flag up and say, you know what, Lord, nothing that I can do, but I surrender to you, my whole will and my whole way to yours, to your will and to your way. And that's hard because sometimes God's will and mine doesn't line up. And I get a little aggravated with him. My mama used to say, I'm going to get a stick to him. And whenever she was later on into Alzheimer's, she'd say, I'm going to get a stick to him if he don't do it. You know, but, uh, but to surrender, what a sweet word. And I want you to, to, to meditate. To meditate on that word surrender and not have any preconceived ideas or notions about what you think that God needs or what he wants or, you know, what you want him to do. But just to say, I surrender all. All to Jesus. I surrender all to him. I fully give. I'm going to sing the last verse. And you know what? If you ever seen a movie where the cowboys surrender to the Indians or the bad guys surrender to the good guys, what do they do? They put their hands up and surrender. I guarantee you, I know it's a Pentecostal thing, but if you ever start putting your hands up and worshiping him, you will never go back. So the ones of you that are comfortable surrendering, just put your hands up. You don't have to stand up. You can sit. But let's sing that fourth, fourth verse, and let's just surrender to him. And just try it for me. Try it for me, surrendering, surrendering your will to his will, and see how good that feels. Lord, I give myself to thee. Amen. To Jesus I surrender, Lord, I give myself to Thee. Fill me with Thy love and power, yes, let Your blessings fall on me. Thank you, Jesus.
Praise the Lord. Children's Church, y'all can go with Sister Brianna and Sister Margaret. Amen. Missing who? Oh, Noah. Noah's not here this morning. <laughs> Noah's with his papa this morning. So, no, they, they are all accounted for. Amen. Praise the Lord. I surrender all. You know, a lot of times we sing that song. I mentioned this Wednesday night whenever we was practicing it. I saw this video one time that took popular worship courses and made a song about what we really do. And it, they got up there and they started singing, I surrender some. I surrender some. Right? Amen. Praise the Lord. But we do. We need to surrender all to Jesus. And uh, Sister Sandy was uh, talking about lifting up your hands. You know that there are several, several different types of praise in the Word of God. Whenever you study the Hebrew words of praise in, in, in the Word of God, there's a, one of them, I believe it's the Yada praise, Yada praise. And I can't speak Hebrew, so y'all don't hold me to that. But it is talking about whenever you praise, it is as a child that comes to their parents with lifted hands. Think about that for just a second. Whenever one of those babies that just walked back there come up to you and lift their hands up, right? <laughs> what are they doing? They're saying, pick me up, Daddy. Pick me up, Mama. And that's how God wants us to come to Him. And that, that, those kids have surrendered. Pick me up. Amen. Praise the Lord. So... That hand lifting is just as biblical as anything else in the Word of God. Amen. Lift those hands up and say, okay, God. Amen. Just pick me right on up. We're going to be in the book of John chapter 3 this morning. I told y'all I was going to preach on a secret agent. Amen. Secret agent. And I wanted so bad to come up here in a tuxedo this morning. <laughs> in fact, I was getting out my white shirt, my white dress shirt, my uh, my my dress, uh, my um, coat, you know, my dress coat and everything. And I was gonna, you know, have my coat on and my tie and my white shirt and everything. I was gonna be as close to a tux as you could be, I guess. Amen. But my my coat wouldn't fit. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm gonna have to go go on a diet other than a preacher diet, I guess. Uh, John chapter number three. We're going to be, I'm excited about this morning's message though because I feel like it is going to challenge us in a lot of different ways. So just bear with me, listen to what I'm saying, listen to what the Word of God is saying through me this morning and let it challenge you um, to uh, not be a secret agent. We're going to, we're going to learn what, what we're talking about this morning. So John chapter 3, we're going to start reading verse 1 through 3. We're just going to read these verses and then we're going to pray. But the Bible says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night, secretly. Amen. 
and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, you don't have to turn there, but I'm going to read it to you. John chapter 7, the Bible says in verse 50, Nicodemus saith unto them, and then in parentheses it says, He that came to Jesus by night. And then if you turn to John chapter number 19, the Bible says, verse 38, And after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, for fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him leave. He came therefore and took the body of Jesus, in verse 39, and there came also Nicodemus. Those secret agents. Amen. Praise the Lord. Y'all just bear with me. We're going to get into this. But before that, let's pray. Just stretch your hands this way and ask the Lord to have his way in this place. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for this day, for this opportunity, God, this position, God. God, this place that I am so unworthy, God, undeserved of. God, all I ask this morning is that you just... God, use your word, God, through me this morning, God, that it might edify this church. God, edify each and every person that hears this message. God, let us go forth, God, this morning, God, whenever we walk out of these doors, don't let us just stay where we are, but let us be changed. God, by the power of your word and by the power of your spirit, let us be changed and challenged, God, to work for you. God, like, God, we, we can't do it on our own, God, Jesus. It's not by might nor by power, but it's by your spirit, God. And help us to operate in that spirit this morning. We are careful to give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. In the blessed holy name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord this morning. John chapter 3, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, amen, which means master or teacher. You know, Nicodemus came that night and he didn't want anybody to know where he was going. He put on his black clothes, put on his, amen, he, he got together and went at a time where nobody else was going to be around to have a talk with Jesus. Amen. And I, I just want you to understand that there are people, amen, in the church sometimes where we want to hear the word of God, but we don't want to identify with God. Come on now. We want to hear the preacher preach. We want to hear the singer sing. We, we want to have an experience with God, but we don't want to take that step that it takes to identify with Him. We don't want to be seen doing it. It's all right if Sister Mary gets up here and worship, but I don't want anybody to see my worship. Amen. It's all right if Brother DJ gets up there and preaches, but I don't want anybody else to see me or know really that I identify with this. I just want a secret service relationship with God. 
Come on now, praise the Lord. I just want to be a secret agent, amen, and go, amen, every once in a while and hear what little bitty thing that I can get that makes me feel good, amen. Pray off that conviction a little bit and then I'm good for the next month. Come on, I grew up in this. I know exactly what it's like. Amen. You come and you hear and you get just enough to be okay. Just enough to make your conscience not bother you so much. And then you leave right out of these doors. You hadn't been washed in the blood. You hadn't been transformed by the power of His Word, by the power of His Spirit. Nothing in you has changed. You just feel a little bit better. Amen. That's exactly what's going on right here with Nicodemus. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night and and he knew who he was. Because the first thing that he said unto him was rabbi. He looked to Jesus and he said, Master, teacher, we know that thou art a teacher from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Amen. This secret, sir, he knew who God was. He knew the power of God. But he still wanted to be a secret agent. He still wanted to hide, amen, the fact that he was going, amen, to be with Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's exactly where Nicodemus is. And then Jesus, now, what I love, I love Nicodemus. But what I love about this is Nicodemus hadn't asked him anything. Nicodemus hadn't asked a single question. Nicodemus went to Jesus and told Jesus, we know you're a teacher because nobody can do what you do. Nobody can do what my God can do. You hear me this morning. I want us to recognize whether you're in it or you're out of it. I want us to admit this morning, to agree with Christ this morning, that nobody can do what God can do. Amen. I can drag you to the cross, but I can't save your soul. Amen. I can pray for you, but I can't help you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Some things can only come through the power of Jesus Christ. And Nicodemus is recognizing it. And before we go on any further, we've got to recognize what Nicodemus knew is that some things can only be done by the power of Christ. You can't do it. And if you're like me, you want to be able to. You want to put your hands on it. You want to fix it. You want to claim the victory. You you want to do all the things that you can do to fix it. But you can't. Some things just takes a more powerful hand than what you have. You know, I can do a lot of things with my children. But there are some things that I can't do. I've got to rely on the Spirit of God to do it in them. And I am so thankful because my little six-year-old on his nightstand has a fire Bible... (laughs) That he'll just come in and he'll read. He'll say, Daddy, I read four chapters. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. And you know what? I have no control over that. That is something that God is working in his life. I don't have any control over something. Now, I can take him to church, but I can't save their soul. I can deliver the word to you this morning, but I can't grow this church. If you 
voted yes on me because you thought I could grow this church. You didn't vote right (laughs) because I can't do it. Some things only happen by the power of God. Now, I can pray. I can seek the mind of God. I can obey his word and God can work through me. One man sows, another man waters, but God gives the increase. Have you ever heard the expression, they're just sitting on the porch watching the grass grow? Amen. Praise the Lord. You you can't make that grass grow any faster than what God wants it to grow. (laughs) Now he can speak to me and tell me to put some chicken fertilizer on it. Come on now. One man sows, another man waters, but God gives the increase. I can't control how much that grows, but God does. And before we go any further this morning, we have got to recognize what is in our hands and what is in God's hands. And whatever is in your hands, I employ you this morning to give it to God. Give that thing to God. And let him work through it. Nicodemus hadn't asked anything. And then Jesus answered him in verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You know what Jesus was trying to get Nicodemus to do? You've been a spectator, Nicodemus. But if you get born again, you will be a participator. So far, you've just been watching all these miracles. But if you get born again, right? Shake my hand, brother. Amen. You get born again, you will be used to do this thing, right? Going from just watching Jesus do something to being used by Jesus to do something. Jesus spoke to Nicodemus. He said, you must be born again. That which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Once again, Jesus is reiterating what I've been preaching this morning. Flesh is just going to be flesh. Amen. But the spirit is going to be the spirit. Flesh begets flesh and spirit begets the spirit. And if we operate in our flesh and we sow seeds in our flesh, what's going to grow? Our flesh. But if we are born in the spirit and we sow seeds in the Spirit, what will be produced? The Spirit. I don't want my flesh to take over what the Spirit has planned for this church. Come on now. I don't want the flesh to take over the Word that God has prepared for this church. And you should have the same mindset in anything that you do for God. God, I do not want my flesh to overtake the spirit in my life. 
If you read the, the scriptures, Jesus said over and over and over, be not carnally minded. Be not carnally minded. Be not carnally. He told his disciples, if he told them one time, he told them 20 times. Don't be carnally minded, but look through the eyes of the Spirit of God. We're going to see that happening in just a minute. So Jesus is talking to Nicodemus and he said, verse 7, Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. Verse 8, I love verse 8. It says, the wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst te not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. You know what Jesus was really saying? You can feel it, but you don't know what's, where it's coming from. Right? You can't explain it, but you know it whenever it happens to you. Have you ever had an experience with God that you can't explain it, but you know where it came from? Why can't we explain it? There's an old hymnal in that red back hymn that says, I can't explain the way I feel, there's not a doubt. I know it's real, there's glory in my soul, that hallelujahs roll. Amen. Praise the Lord, let me tell you something. Amen. The reason sometimes that we can't explain the way that we feel whenever we operate in the Spirit is because there is something operating in us that we don't understand. For His thoughts are higher than our thoughts and His ways are higher than our ways. If you could understand God, He wouldn't be worth serving he is so much greater than our understanding and that's where surrender comes in because whenever we just surrender to what we don't understand and let the spirit take over God I don't understand what's going to happen tomorrow but I'm going to trust you God, I don't understand how this is going to work out, but I'm just going to trust you. Amen. God, I don't understand how I'm going to get a drink of water. And God said, it's all right, I got a rock. God, I don't understand what I'm going to have tonight for supper. God said, that's all right, I got quail and manna. Come on now. God, I don't understand how this is going to work out. And God says, okay, I'll, I'll make a way. Whether Isaiah said that he makes straight the paths of the crooked and the high places are abated and brought down and the low places are raised up. There is nothing impossible to our God. He is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above anything that I could ever ask, think, or imagine. So I'm asking us this morning, will you surrender to the Spirit of God? Even the wind bloweth, Lord, I feel it. I can see the leaves shaking in the trees. So is it with everyone that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to them, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel and knowest not these things? <laughs> verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know and testify that we have seen and ye receive not our witness. He's calling him out. You've been a spectator. 
<laughs> You've been watching this thing from afar off. Some of Amen. Come on now. I'm going to be pastor this morning. If that's all right. Some of you's been watching. Oh, but I don't want to participate. I'm going to call you out this morning. I need some participators. God wants some participators. But Nicodemus was fearful. And we're going to get into that in just a minute. Why all this is transpiring the way that it is. But listen to me. We're going to go ahead and turn our scriptures to John chapter 7. So I'm going to start reading uh, in John chapter 7. I'm going to start reading in verse 36. Y'all just, am I boring you all this morning? I mean, come on. Yeah, praise the Lord. John chapter 7, we're going to start reading in verse 30, what did I say, 36, 36. What manner of saying is this, that he said, Ye shall seek me and shall not find me, and where I am, thither ye cannot come. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Jesus had a way of making people angry. Yes, he did. The Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Sanhedrin and all those, amen, religious people could not stand Jesus. And I'm going to tell you why before we go any further. They hated Jesus because whenever Jesus stepped on the scene, it was no longer about the outward, but it was all about the inward. That sums every single bit of it up. Because you hear me, the Pharisees and the Sadducees had an outward law. And you had to obey that thing to the letter. And then Jesus came and messed all their laws up. Because it wasn't about what you did on the outward, it was about who you were on the inward. And they didn't like that. Because it's easy to dress up and put on a facade, come on now, and still be a hateful, bitter old person on the inside. You can come to church every day until the rapture, honey, but if you ain't changed on the inside, that's what the book says. Now, that's why they were so upset. And every time there was a big crowd or a bunch of people gathered around, Jesus would say some crazy things like, Drink my blood and eat my flesh and you'll have eternal life. They didn't understand that. They thought this man was crazy. That's why they wanted to kill him. Amen. But he was speaking spiritual things in a fleshly way. And the Bible says that he said these things. He said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And they just... Everybody blew up. Everybody went crazy. And the Bible says, but verse 39, but this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. 
Many of the people, therefore, when they heard the saying, said, Of a truth, this is a prophet. Others said, This is the Christ. But some said, Shall Christ come out of Galilee? See, there, amen. They're relying on that logic. But he, did, he didn't come out of Galilee. He was born in Bethlehem. He was born in the city of David, right where he was supposed to be. They just had to move him to Galilee so he could fulfill the other scriptures. He's the only Messiah that fulfilled every Old Testament prophecy in relation to the Messiah. The Bible says, you skip on down, the Bible says, or verse 42, Hath not the scripture said that Christ cometh of the seed of David and out of the town of Bethlehem where David was? So there was a division among the people because of him, and some of them would have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. Then verse 45, everything a little bit changed. It says, Then came the officers to the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said unto them, Why have ye not brought him? The officers went into the high priest, and they said, Why haven't you brought, brought that man? Verse 46, I love it. Verse 46, the Bible says, The officers answered, Never a man spake like this man. (laughs) Why do you do what you do, brother? Because never a man spoke to me like he spoke to me. Oh, brother Tommy got up here and sang, he touched me. Oh, he touched me. Amen. Never a man touched me like he touched me. Nobody's ever grabbed a hold of me like Jesus has grabbed a hold of me. You want to know why I do what I would do? It's because somebody spoke to me with a higher power. With a greater authority than what I have. And whenever he spoke, that dead thing on the inside of me became alive and I was born again. Amen. I was born again. Amen. Those officers said, nobody's ever spoke like this man spoke. Then answered the Pharisees, are ye also deceived? Ain't that just what the devil would do? Have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed on him? But this people who knoweth not the law are cursed. Now these are the Pharisees talking about the people believing on Jesus and calling them cursed. And then 50, look who shows up. (laughs) Oh, Brother Nick. Nicodemus saith unto him, parentheses, he that came to that secret service, but he is becoming a participator instead of just a spectator now. He's still kind of on the fence, but he's dabbling a little bit. Come on, just stick your foot in the water. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We grew up in the country. You go to the creek, you stick your foot in the water. (laughs) That cold, cold water. Amen. What do you do? You just wade out a little bit. And a little bit more while you kind of get used to it. I would to God that somebody at Hurricane Baptist Church this morning would just start wading out in the water. Just start dabbling a little bit. 
Just start dabbling a little bit. Come on. Amen. I went, who was it, Ezekiel? Was it Ezekiel that went and stepped into the water and it was uh, foot deep and then he went a little bit further and it was knee deep and then it was waist deep and then it was shoulder deep and then finally the Bible says it was waters that you could swim in. You dabble a little bit in that. <laughs> Amen. You're going to want more. I promise you, you'll want more. Amen. Praise the Lord. Nicodemus is dabbling a little bit. He said, and he defended Jesus in front of all these people. Now let's go a little bit further to John chapter number 19. Jesus has performed the work. Died on the cross. Been crucified and mutilated. Given up the ghost. And his lifeless body is hanging on a cross. Verse 38, and after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he may take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him leave. He came, therefore, and took the body of Jesus. And there came also Nicodemus, which at the first came to Jesus by night. I just love how every time it mentions Nicodemus, it refers you to John chapter number 3, whenever he came to Jesus by night. You don't have to be a secret service. You don't have to be a secret agent. And there came also Nicodemus, which at first came to Jesus by night, and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds weight. Then took they the body of Jesus and wound it in, in linen clothes with the spices as the manner of the Jews is to bury. And they put him in that new tomb that nobody had ever been in. That borrowed tomb. Why was it borrowed? Because he only needed it for the weekend. <laughs> Y'all, Easter's coming up. Y'all know that, don't you? Amen. Praise the Lord. He only needed that thing for the weekend. Just a temporary stay. Yep. But here we see that Nicodemus went secretly by night, just talking to Jesus a little bit, to actually speaking out in the midst of his peers for Jesus. And now, out of all of the people, we find Nicodemus, and he's just not just speaking any, anymore. He, is, he has grabbed the body of Christ, taken him down off of a cross, and wrapped him up in linen. That's what happened. Amen. Are you going to be a spectator or are you going to be a participator? What, what's it going to be? Now, 
<laughs> All y'all participators, I got something for you too. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 26. Ooh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 26, verse 69. I'm sorry we're turning to so many scriptures. John. Matthew chapter 26, starting with verse 69. The Bible says, Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. Wait a minute now. Peter's supposed to be a participator. Peter's never been a secret agent. No siree. Peter is the type of man that cut a man's ear off. Peter's the type of man, you can't get him to shut up. And now, Peter has become a secret agent. Just because you participate, don't mean you can't go back to being a spectator. You hear me now? Verse 71, And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech betrayeth thee. Once you get a hold of Jesus, it don't leave you. Amen. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man, and immediately the cock crew. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. You might have been participating for 30 years. Now, we've got to go to the root cause. Why? What's the problem? What will make a Nicodemus go to Jesus by night? And what will make a Peter curse? The answer is very simple. It is fear. It is fear. Fear of what, Brother DJ? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because once you identify with Christ, you're crossing over a threshold and saying, I'm with Him. And with that comes judgment, comes all sorts of things come with that. Persecution. Distance. If I identify with Jesus, Brother DJ, then I'm going to have to give this up. 
Come on now. <laughs> you know, I know that this pulpit commands a lot of responsibility. But I want to ask you something this morning. What if you held yourself to the same standard that you hold me? Let's preach there for a minute. Because God holds you to a, this book just like he holds me to this book. Now granted, I'm responsible for this morning. I'm responsible for this message. If I don't obey God this morning, then the weight of that is on me. I understand that there are differences in responsibilities. Don't get me wrong. But I do want you to understand and realize that a lot of times we put everything on the preachers and the singers and the teachers and we just want to sit in the pews and watch everything happen. But that is not what the Bible has called us to do. And a lot of times we are fearful because we don't want to step into that position and expose ourselves to the world. I'm preaching this morning. We don't want to expose ourselves to everything that comes with it. Because, see, the issue with Peter is now he's beginning to understand all those things that Jesus start, was telling him all those times. If they delivered me up, they're going to deliver you up. Peter was thinking, now, if I expose who I am, I'm going to be on the cross beside him. And he began to be fearful. And it's not just fearfulness that will cause us to stop participating. It's also doubt. Whenever we doubt that God is going to do what he's going to do, then we'll just sit back and say, well, what's the need of me doing anything? Worldly attachments. The rich young ruler came to Jesus and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he ended up walking away sorrowful because he had attachments that he didn't want to let go of. One of my favorite parables that Jesus ever gave was the parable of the pearl of great price. It's a short little bitty like four verse parable. But it is so powerful. Because a man was walking in a field and he found a pearl. And he went and sold everything that he had to buy that field that had that pearl in it. You know, <laughs> a lot of times whenever you become a Christian, you participate. Well, you know, the world thinks I'm an old fuddy-duddy. I can't do this, can't do that. You won't ever have to give up anything for Christ. And I'm going to tell you why. Whenever that man found that pearl in that field, he went home to his wife and he said, All right, honey, we're going to sell old Betsy. Well, wait a minute. That's a good old milk cow. Why are we going to sell old Betsy? Honey, with what I found, we can buy ten Betsy's. Come on now. We, amen. Here, old man, I don't know his name. He's out there with a for sale sign in his yard. Didn't even think about it. What are you doing? Amen. His family done thought he lost his mind. I can buy 10 houses with what I've done found over here. Whenever you realize the worth of God in your life, you won't have to give up anything. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> you won't have to worry about that thing. Whenever you figure out how much Jesus is worth, amen, you won't have to worry about that. So this morning, if that's what's holding you back, but there are so many things that hold us back. So many things. 
But I'll tell you one thing. Whenever I stand before God, I don't want to be like that man that had one talent that hit it. I might not be able to sing worth the flip, but I sang. <laughs> and because he gave me, amen, because I sang, amen, he's going to give me a new vocal cord whenever I get to heaven. Y'all know that old song, please let me sing in the choir, in the choir. Please let me sing. One old man can't be all that bad. Just please let me sing in the choir. <laughs> One day we're going to be singing a song that the angels cannot even sing. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to be singing a song that even the angels cannot sing. Amen. What a grand and glorious day. But what you've got to answer this question this morning. What is stopping you? What, what is keeping you to be a... I'm tired of people coming in and being secret agents. You can't be a secret agent anymore. We're going to have to rise above that and expose ourselves. Say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And whenever he tells you something to do, you do it with all your heart until he tells you to do something different. Amen. Praise the Lord. Acts chapter 4, and then we're going to quit. Acts chapter 4. Go ahead and turn to verse 19. But I've got to lay a little bit of background here. Acts chapter 4 verse 19. Jesus is gone. And then the Holy Ghost was sent on the day of Pentecost. And then they turn around in chapter 3. Peter and John went to pray. Met a lame man, by the way. He asked for alms, had eyes, palms, and this is what Peter, Peter, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I've given to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he went walking and leaping and praising God through the temple, a place that he'd never been able to go because of his condition. I could preach five sermons on just the, the impotent man that lay by the gate. I love, I love him. But here he is. <clears throat> He's in the temple Causing a ruckus. You want to know why? <laughs> because all he's been able to do all of his life was watch. And he don't have to watch anymore. Today he gets to participate. <laughs> Woo! He don't have to watch anymore. He gets to go in that temple. A place that he's never been. Because now God has given him the ability... To do what he can, once again, God's doing what only he can do. And it allowed him to be able to participate. And he walked into that place, walking and leaping and praising God and giving God the glory and stirring up a ruckus. I'm talking about, he is telling, and everybody knew this man. For years and years he sat outside that temple gate and he asked people for money and alms and, and everything. And they knew him. They knew his name. And can you imagine being in the temple that day and old brother, brother impotent man walks up. <laughs> Wait a minute, what are you doing in here? Amen. Well, I'm participating today. <laughs> well, I'm participating. I'm not just going to watch today. 
I'm telling y'all what. Amen. I ain't going to just watch it today. I'm going to be participating in the sacrifice. Somebody give me some turtle doves. <laughs> Somebody give me something to praise God with. I'm participating today. Now, amen. Who is there? The Sadducees. The same group of people, ironically, that had our beloved Lord and Savior Jesus crucified. And that brings us to chapter 4. And they're doing everything that they can to shut down Peter and John and the impotent man. <laughs> but you notice, they didn't call the impotent man in there. <laughs> because you can't dispute what God had done. Come on now. They trying to get Peter and John. But you notice, they didn't call the impotent man to the stage. Because I can guarantee you what would happen if they would have called impotent man to the stage. He would have told them exactly who Jesus was because he had experienced the power of God. But now Peter, on the other hand, Peter knows what it is to be fearful. Because a couple of chapters ago, he was denying God, denying Jesus. Now, Acts chapter 4, verse 19. The Sadducees is trying to get them to hush. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. You know what Peter and John said to those group of fleshly carnal men? Who's it better to serve, God or you? There's this preacher I know, this sister in the church came up to this preacher and telling him, well, you need to do this and you need to do that and you need to do this. <laughs> that preacher looked at sister so-and-so and said, well, hey there, God, I didn't recognize you dressed like sister so-and-so. <laughs> Don't make me do that to you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hey there, sir. Amen. Hey there, God. Amen. I didn't say, let me tell you something. Who's more important to serve? You're either going to serve God or man or the devil. These Sadducees is trying to stop the movement of God. And Peter and John have finally, Peter has finally said, you know what, I ain't fearful anymore. I'm going to participate whether they like it or not. Y'all, I have lived through this. There is a gentleman that I asked one time to do Bible school. And I had been working on this man, working on this man, working on this man, trying my best to get him to participate in church. And finally, he agreed to do a part of the Bible school. And all it was, all he had to do was play a video. That's, that's all that he had to do was play that video. I had people coming to me. I cannot believe you're letting this man do this. I cannot believe. 
Hello, tell me. I said, well, I asked everybody else in church and everybody else told me no. <laughs> so I had to go out and get somebody that would help me because all the Christians said no, they weren't going to do it. Amen, praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. But Peter has gotten to the place where he says, you know what, God? I'm just going to serve you. I'm just going to serve you. And then verse 20. For we cannot help, amen, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. We can't help it. I just got to tell somebody I can't help it. I just got to work for God. I can't help it. You know what? A lot of times we say can't help it's in the other way, don't we? Well, I messed up today. I just can't help it. But if somebody would say, Lord, amen, I just can't help but to worship you. I can't help but to praise you. I can't help but to tell of your greatness. I can't help but to work for you. I can't help, amen, come on now. I can't help but to do this. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. Whenever God does it, there won't be anybody that can dispute it. That's what I want to see. Because you can dispute me and argue with me every day from Sunday. But you can't argue with God. And whenever He does something, you'll know it. For the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing (laughs) was showed. Forty years he could only watch, but God did something in him to where he could participate. You got a Peter that for all these years did nothing but participate, and the devil got to him, and now all of a sudden he's watching, but God brought him back out of it. Then you got a Nicodemus who just started out being a spectator but dabbled enough in it to where he finally found himself at the cross. (laughs) Talk about washed in the blood. Nicodemus grabbed that bloody body off that cross. Washed in the blood. Me and Ann Claire had a conversation this week. <laughs> I love Ann Claire. So um, one of the things that she got on Gideon, but I was really, I was on with Pilate. Pilate was the spectator that didn't get saved. As he dipped his hands in that bowl and he washed off the blood, that's what he did. He said, I washed the blood off my hands. He washed off the very blood, the only blood that could save his soul. Because he decided, well, I'm just, I'm just going to watch. Just going to watch. I don't want to be a spectator. Stand up all over the building. Amen. I hope that the Lord spoke to you this morning. <clears throat> You know, you have got to ask yourself the question, 
What is keeping me from participating? The answers are unlimited. What's keeping me? You know what? Sometimes what's keeping us from doing something is laziness. Ask my wife. <laughs> she don't like me to call her out. I know it gets on her nerves whenever she's in there cleaning and I'm sitting there in a recliner. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. But you know, sometimes we don't participate. There, there are so many reasons. What is hindering you from working for God this morning? We've got enough secret agents. We need some soldiers on the battlefield. We need some foot soldiers. Because I'm right there with you, honey. Amen. I got you back. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something else. You get too many spectators, and the participators will get discouraged because everybody's watching and nobody's doing anything. I'm pleading with this church this morning. I'm not talking about physical things. I'm talking about spiritual things. We put our minds to it. We can physically do anything. But I'm talking about spiritual things. Be a participator spiritually. Now, you say, Brother DJ, this morning, I'm tired of being a spectator. And I want to do something for the kingdom of God. And that don't mean bombard me after church and say, well, Brother Jay, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this. I'm talking about hearing from God and letting Him lead you. That's what participation is. Say, Brother DJ, I want to be a participator for the kingdom of God. Would you raise your hand? Amen. Praise you, Jesus. Because we got, we got it. We got the talent. We got the talent. We got the hands. Those hands have got to work for the kingdom. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm excited about what God's going to do. So I'm going to ask us this before we dismiss this morning. We're going to pray. And hands went up all over the building. I can't see the hands back there, but I hope that all of them went up. This morning, will we participate in prayer and pray? And I want you to really, really search and ask the Lord, what is it that's keeping me from doing? Is it fear? Is it fear of rejection? Is it disbelief? Is it, you know, comfort? <laughs> Goliath must fall, Sister Becky. Amen. Praise the Lord. Is it that comfort? Am I just comfortable? I don't want to get out of my comfort zone. God's challenging us this morning. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. But he'll never ask more of you than what you can do.